Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So what is your favorite car you ever had? I had an old school Cadillac. It's it's between that and I had a um a Lincoln Continental that was like a at the time it was like a, a two thousand and five or something like that. And this is like oh eight oh nine something like that. But I, I'm I'm gonna lean with the old school Cadillac, man. It was a ninety five CTS or STS, and it was clean as the Board of Health. It was white exterior, tan leather, peanut butter seats interior, bow surround sound. Absolutely gorgeous car, rode tremendously. Even when the suspension broke, it still rode tremendously. <laughs> it was great, man. Got a lot of buns off that car. Shout out to the Cadillac. I, matter of fact, I sold it right before we moved to Atlanta. So that gave me some walking around money when I first got here. Gotcha. What about you, Balls? Um, I've only had two. I had the truck I got now, and before that, I started off with uh, the the typical starter car for somebody who shouldn't, you know, be driving anything expensive, and that was an old '95 Ford Taurus, which that did the job. I wasn't really upset with it, but you know, the truck. I'm a big fan of the truck. I don't know what I'm probably gonna get next. I like I like the uh, the old school like American muscle, so like the Charger kind of does it for me. The old school Mustang. I don't really like a lot of the newer designs, so. The, the I don't. I don't see myself getting. Yeah, but I. I don't see myself getting rid of the truck anytime soon. But if I did, it would probably be for like a Charger, a Challenger, some something a little boxier with with some some power behind it. What about you, Tony? I think my favorite. I had a '95 uh, Isuzu Rodeo. Nice. And that, it was <laughs> it was it was it was black. It was uh, it was stick. It had that kind of you know subtle relaxed spoiler on the back of it. Um, had the I had the bigger tires on it, 
big ass fucking tire on the back. And uh, yeah, I mean that was a nice car. There was a lot of a lot of fun in that one. Easy to do donuts with that thing. Um, <laughs> that was when I was much younger. Man. Nice. Fun fact about me: I've never had a car note in my life. I don't believe in them. So you just pay them all off immediately. Well, I go with um, when it comes to cars, man. I, I I adhere to the advice of the great late poet laureate Pimp C. He says, "Put a check with a check with a check." So that's what I do. I put a check with a check with a check, and then when I save up, I'll go. Sometimes I buy them off a private dealer. Sometimes I'll go to the auctions and stuff like that. But yeah, man, I I can't do the car notes, man. It just seems like wasted money to me. Uh, I tell you what, I have like I have a I have a CRV right now, and uh, I don't have a car payment. I just don't want to get rid of it, you know. Although if I did, like you're saying, moving forward, I, I actually like thought about. I think I want to go back to having a car. I haven't had a car in a long time. I haven't had a car in probably. 18 years. Oh, wow. You know what I want now? And it's, I mean, as of this particular point in time, it's wishful thinking, but I, I really want a Tesla. I had a really nice Tesla roll up uh, by where I was the other night. Nice white um, hybrid. Nice. Are you just That's intrigued thing, yeah. by it or something? Or you just like what you've seen? Uh, both. And I like the uh, the whole electric car vibe because oh, I feel like you'll save a lot of money, you know, off on gas. They are fucking. They are they are fucking silent, by the way. Nice. But do you have a local power up station or whatever? Because that's that that's the one problem where I am at right now is because I've noticed there aren't very many electric car power up stations here. So I'd have to drive like fucking forty minutes just to power it back up. And that doesn't seem conducive to living here. <laughs> so we've got two or three in the complex that we stay at now, and there's never anybody over there. And then, oh, nice. you know, when you go to, like, the, the bougie malls and stuff like that, they always have the electric car parking. Well, you, you, you figure I live in central Jersey, so Philly and New York are are the nicer cities, and Philly is as far away from bougie as possible, and New York <laughs> And New York, you're retarded if you're driving, so I don't really think they need to have any of that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where I'm stuck. Yes, there's Princeton, but you think I'm going to go there? Come on, it's Princeton. Yeah, you're talking shit. I'm not listening to you at all. I know all the wealthy New Yorkers live in New Jersey. You're not fooling me, Mellon Farmer. No, no, no. They live in like Hoboken and Jersey City. Mostly Hoboken, which is basically right near New York. Uh, it's it's not where I'm at because I'm in Central Jersey, so uh, North Jersey is still like an hour and a half away from me. That's why your pizza's wet. No, our pizza's fucking good. Don't <laughs> give me that shit. Don't give me that shit. Jersey pizza and New York pizza are good pizza. It's no, no, shit I love pizza. New York pizza. I'm talking about Jersey pizza. Your pizza's wet. You never wait. You do, what the fuck are you talking about? Jersey pizza's better than New York pizza half the time. Actually, oh, there's some boosted ass fucking New York pizza, like especially the stuff second, that's man, right in Manhattan. Wait a second, wait, wait a second balls. This deep dish melon farmer about to try to get into this pizza conversation. Go uh, ahead, Sonny. Uh, that's not my number like, one. That's nice. No, that's not my number one. That's not my number one pizza. I love deep dish though. That's not my number Ugh. one. That's that's what's lasagna. your number one? What's, yeah, number what's your one? number one? It's pizza cake. That's <laughs> yeah, that's cake. Funny. <laughs> super super thin crust Cosmo. What's the Cosmo part of the super yeah. thin crust? 
Well, there's only one O in it, but it's cheese, sausage, mushroom, onion. That's nice. And it's thin crust, so it's more New York style? It's almost, it's it's like thinner than thin crust. There's a place called Ned's by me that's just like, oh mm-hmm. my goodness. I remember back in the day, the one girl I was with back in the day, we would stop there after going to the bars and, and on the way home. And there was a couple times there was no pizza when we got out of the car when we got home. So that's nice. what got you to finish? I don't understand. <laughs> well, no. You're going there with the girl. You're just like, yeah, you didn't do the trick. Hold on. Let me get my Cosmo. And then it's a good night, right? <laughs> no. There, there's a, a joke. <laughs> this, is what I, this is I was with someone. Ingredient. There's a joke in there about being greedy and eating twice, but I, I can't really flesh it out at this point. Yeah, yeah. We needed a little more prep time for this one. <laughs> I think it's about time to start the show. Is it though? I kind of want to know more about how this works. If you got to finish the date with some pizza, then then everybody was happy and satiated. This was uh, this know. was this was one singular person who I was with for a long time, and this was like during our relationship. Is now are you happy that I ruined what you excited to think about could have been? I don't know. Does that make it worse? Did things get that boring that you needed a pizza pie to be involved too? No. <laughs> so, uh, not, I what are you what talking? saying? I, I know what he's saying. What he was I saying. know I what he's saying. saying. I'm just going off on a different tangent. It just, can't always be serious just, around here. Your, hey, man, just because you pay for your girlfriends by the hour. Some of us <laughs> have had long relationships, okay? Hey. Never have, never will for, pay for that. Two for one specials are what I live for, especially quarantine time. Wow, that actually might be a discount. Hold on, I'll be right back. We can start the show. I have to check. Think. Wait, wait, before we start the show, hold on, Tony. You said you ne- okay. I've, you never have, but you saying you never would? No, why? Why would I? Because if it will okay, if I was single, let me preference it by saying that if I was single. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Well done. It's a vic- it's a victimless crime, man. It's a business transaction. It's wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You know why you're here. I know why you're here. And then we go about our business. Right, but if, right but if I was a rancher and I, like, you know, had lots of cows and whatever, why would I go to the supermarket and buy beef? When because I can have it for, when I can get it for, when I can get it for free whenever I want. Sometimes you just want a fast food burger. You never have a craving for a fast food burger? That's true. Chris, this is why you gotta abide by the one and only Master Ludicrous. Have hose and area codes, my friend. It, hey, man, yeah, it you, don't, you don't pay him to to screw you, man. You pay him to leave. No, I leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Chris is right. You pay them to leave. Yeah. They don't leave until you pay them. So what are you really paying them for? <laughs> oh, you guys. It's okay. You'll learn. I don't know. I'm not learning. No, no. There's no <laughs> stop. Now we're done. Now we're done. Now it's time to start the show. I'll tell her to bring a thin crust pizza with her. It'll be all good in the hood. <laughs> Somebody get Jay Electronica in here. Stat. <laughs>
Have you ever heard a tailor? The noblest of gentlemen rose up from Squella. Tall, dark, and decked out in customary regalia. Smelling like paraphernalia, hailing from the home of Mahalia. His uptown smile was gold like a Frankie Beverly day. His favorite song from Prince was not Raspberry Beret. It was sometimes it snows in April. He was brought up by the faithful in a cage of every unclean bird, ungrateful and hateful. The legend of the clandestine reverend from the bricks with the master's grip to pull a sleeping giant out the ditch. And I ain't even have to wiggle my nose like Bewitch. I just upshift the six, convert the V4 to a broomstick. But I tarry through the valley of death, my Lord give me pasture. If you want to be a master in life, you must submit to a master. I was born to lock horns with the devil at the brink of the hereafter. Me, the socket, the plug, and universal adapter. The prodigal son who went from his own vomit to the top of the mountain with five pillars in the sonnet. The autobiography read Quranic. Spread love like Kermit the Frog that permeate the fog. I'm at war like the Dukes of Hazard against the bosses of the hogs. Gip, gip, giggity. Alchemist put the icing on the soliloquy. Let it be forever known that I niced up the pin something considerably. Jay Electola flow mainly is employed mainly. The fact why he issued on Al Shaitan was delivered plainly. It's the day of Kiyama. To the believers, I bring you tidings of joy. But if you want beef, I'll fillet me on ya. You can catch me bummy as fuck or decked out in designer. On I-10 west to the desert on a Diablo like a recliner. Listen to everything from a lecture from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to Serge Gainsbourg or Madonna or a podcast on piranhas. What a time we living in. Just like the scripture says, earthquakes, fires, and plagues, the resurrection of the dead. Turner, Sage Burner, Santeria, Changong, December Baby, Mauritius, Saint Ho. Story takes place in ancient Egypt. That cut off the nose, despite their face. They're still your Jesus. I can't tell how they white. That blue-eyed virgin is make-believe stuff. She throw me out of house. Say ye deliver us from this heathen. I say that the Miss Tina should sneeze at sun. Her photic reflex. They both had straightening combs. Little did they know I hold the heat next. Neither two can be used to fix our defects. P.S. We born perfect. Fuck all the BS. Everybody wanna be us for real. We just gotta see us. Inshallah. Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to the movie Outbreak. I mean, 12 Monkeys. I mean, Pod is War. Spotless Wars brought to you by the good folks at ChairShot Radio Network in conjunction with the CDC, the Presidential Administration, and TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And use your heads, you shall. We know you're on the computer. We know you're on the internets, the interwebs, and all the enters. Why are you there? Why don't you pull up Pro Wrestling Tees forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt? Hell, you about to get your government fuck money check here. Why not spend it on your favorite professional wrestling website full of news, reviews, and analysis with attitude? Show us some love. We're trying to maintain here, okay? Y'all know what's going on, man. Melon farmers are losing their jobs left and right, right and left. We're trying to maintain. Help us maintain. Help us help you. 
How do you help us? I'm glad you asked. By going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up a Jesus Did the Job shirt. Pick up a Save Tag Team Wrestling. Pick up hashtag journalism and many, many other cool designs. Again, man, if you appreciate what we do, show us some love. Pro Wrestling Tees forward slash the chair shot. Please and thank you, thank you, and please. I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, the Reverend Christopher Platt, and as always, I'm joined by Andrew Belaz, and I don't know what the bloody hell he's he's got going on over there. Number one, he's dressed like a extra from Lord of the Rings, one of the ones that they didn't let talk. And I, I just see this brown fluid going in and out of his hands and into his mouth. I have no idea. Oh, it's that yak. Yak Daniels, okay. No, 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 no. It's Christian Brothers Brandy. I had to make sure to get That's this because you two worse. are both some Christian hell? Brothers. No, no, no. It's fine. You both preachers. We got it's a Christian prog podcast, and AEW's got Brandy. <laughs> is so that what over. Is, is that what box it, it, we check? Is that what box yeah, we check? It's fucking Christian podcast. How come, get over how it. Come, how, come I can, <laughs> how come I can never find your show? I look at like wrestling podcasts all the time. We're like, no, we're in the, we're in the Christian aisle. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus did the job and you're both like preachers or some shit like that so Christian podcast Christian Brothers Brandy it works itself out how are pot, you people pot is war. Is we're, in the, we're in the Christian aisle this is another reason <laughs> that y'all need to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and go buy some shirts because clearly Mr. Blast is down to his last $12 which is why he got him a fifth of Christian Brothers the other voice you heard ladies and gentlemen is Mr. Moderator himself put your hands together and show your love for the one the only it ain't funny but we showing love to Mr. PC Tunney sometimes I'm funny but ahoy ahoy chips ahoy you guys don't find that funny but whatever I don't really care no but this man is clearly down to his twelve, his last $12, and he wanted to get inebriated. So next week, he's going to be on here with a bottle of Mad Dog 2020. God damn you, Rona. Listen, there's nothing That's wrong right. with some Mad Dog 2020, all right? It's a lot wrong with some Mad Dog 2020, hey. man. Yeah. Let's We're talk about... man. You know how many bottles of Mad Dog 2020 you could buy with your $1,200 fucking coronavirus check? What? grown man we don't have to wait for melon farmers outside to hand them some money so they can go in there and get us some alcohol man we're grown we can go buy our own shit man there's no reason for a grown-ass man past the age of 21 to be drinking some goddamn mag dog 2020 how do you feel about uh milwaukee's beast and natty light that's the, you, you. Once you get out of college, you can't do it anymore. No, thank you. <laughs> you can't do it anymore. I like that. Fuck that. You drink that college. shit in college. Neither did I. Get, well, you get a 30 pack for Milwaukee's Beast for, for uh, like 10 bucks in college. No, actually, eight ninety nine. I, I never did the Natty Light, but I could do Milwaukee's Beast and I could do the, um, what's the other one? The Keystone. I could do the Stones. Oh, okay. I suppose living in Milwaukee, if you bought a 30-pack of Miller Lite, you get it basically for just like $2 more than that around here just because it's local. When I was just starting to drink beer. And then oh, I have yeah, a ton Miller of... Miller Lite's not great either, but it's still better. Oh, way better. And then, you know, you, <laughs> just, do, you just do a ton of shots. I mean, isn't just a can of Miller Lite a shot? Because I remember having that at my first ever fucking college party when I was like 18 and got snuck in because I knew older girls. And I had, I pounded like two of those when I was 18. And I'm just like, oh, this is beer. It tasted kind of like water. There's like no alcoholic taste to Miller Lite whatsoever. I actually forgot it was supposed to be liquor to a degree. Hot <laughs> Lights like that too. 
I don't like oh. that shit. This taste though. Yeah, I don't like the but rice. If if, I don't like the if, rice. If, beer. If select is okay, but Bud Budweiser and Bud Light, that's kind of shit. I'm actually well, a Coors Light guy. Do Miller, man. If you're what gonna do fuck? Miller, the only Miller you do is the High Life, man. The champagne of beers. That's it. High Life is okay. Okay. I don't really drink any any. I I drink craft beers now. Fucking and White Claw. Fuck me. I don't even know what the fuck happened. Yeah, that's true. I'm a beer snob as well now, so I I blame my brother for that because I went out with them when I got when I finished school. I went out with my you know when I was back home. I went out with my older brother and his wife, and we went out to I think we were at Hibachi or something like that. And I ordered a, a Budweiser, and they clowned the shit out of me. It's like oh look at him, oh baby's first beer and all that shit, and then they turned me into a beer snob subsequently after that. Oh, I kind of in my own way. Like I usually drink lagers or like Belgians, like good good fat tire. That's some good shit. Oh, that's Guinness, that beer. that's where it's at. Guinness tire. is great. Smittix. Yes. Y- Yingling is probably the cheapest one that I still like. Yingling's pretty good. You should try pseudo yeah, sue if you can find outside it. For Guinness. Say that again. Have you ever tried pseudo sue? No, not to my knowledge. It's like P S E U D O and then S U E. No. If you can find That's it. Not have you ever tried... It's a Belgian, right? What? Have you ever no. tried Su Studio? It's an APA. It's Stu Stu Studio. Stu Studio. Uh, we should have opened the show with that. God, I think yeah. we only knew. <laughs> but it started. Oh, it's, to it's, it's too late time. now, guys. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, Damn. no. <laughs> oh, no. It's now, but I'm not trying Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, yeah, I said hallelujah to Jesus. I guess so. Damn right. <laughs> so, what's next week? ENJ or Paul Masson? There's nothing wrong with Paul Masson. That's good. It gets there's you nice. There's a lot wrong with. There's a lot wrong with Paul Masson, sir. Masson works in the winter. See, you you have to remember is that I was raised by my grandfather, so some of this old shit that I drink is A, cheap, because he was older, so he was cheap, because he had that whole bomb shelter mentality. And he also had that whole Paul Masson was like that whole keep you warm in the winter if you didn't have to turn the on thing. I don't know how many fucking times I heard him say that, where, you know, a glass of this will keep you warm for the winter time, and then you go, go to sleep nice and happy. <laughs> I feel what you're saying, man, but my counter to that is I came from the culture of Hennessy. I think we all know that. There's no big secret here. Black people love Hennessy. And you I graduated from that shit. That, that's and, how this and I graduated from that shit. I don't drink that shit anymore, man. So it, no, it can be done. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I still hold on to some of the old ties once in a while. <laughs> it's the old ways. Because, you know, since I'm dressed like a hobbit and or like Game of Thrones kind of thing, I have to bring it back to the oldie time kind of speak of dragons and kings. The old ways. We never what forget. The hell, what the hell do you have going on, though? Seriously, I see like red satiny stuff and then oh, there's no, black that, that, there. That, that's just my Tampa Bay Buccaneers kind of like throw towel thingy. I just felt like putting it on instead of putting the heater on. Uh, Being cheap, just like the Christian Brothers. This whole episode is me in my different throws of cheapness because of quarantine. Damn you, Corona! I sure hope. I hope so bad, man. What I want more than anything in the world is for Jameis Winston to sign with the New England Patriots and then they go to the Super Bowl. That's what I really want. You want Jameis Winston to go to New England 
and beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So that would be fucking awesome. Tom Brady's not going to the Super Bowl, sir. No, but in your scenario, what makes your scenario even better for you is if he plays Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl and beats them and balls like has a nervous breakdown. Oh, my goodness. This is great. Okay, you go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to butt out here because Andrew's like dying to like argue with you. That's not – okay, number one. Listen. That's not going to happen. I got to say, when I described this as uh, the truculent trio last week uh, on the Twitter drop there for Pod is War, at pod underscore is underscore war BT dubs, I think that's a perfect description for all of us. So go ahead. Fulfill the truculency. That is distributed each week on this show, gentlemen. (laughs) Truck away. Jameis doesn't fit the Belichick Patriots kind of style. He's not thinking dunk. He couldn't get shit done when he had no. He couldn't get shit done with receivers. He's not going to get shit done without receivers. You hear that? Tony, you hear them dog whistles? Dog whistles. What's that? Watch out, Winston. He'll chew you up. Uh-huh, we'll see. We'll see. There's a better chance of Andy Dalton going to New England than Jameis Winston getting a starting job this year. He's obviously not going to go to New England. That's my, my you know, guilty fantasy. But <laughs> I haven't given up hope on Jameis. I know it's year five, but he can see now. He got Lasix. He can see now. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. That doesn't change his tendencies. All right, all right. And, not, and I hate to break it to you, a good portion of his interceptions, one team was wearing white and the other team was wearing a different color, and he still couldn't <laughs> see that. So it's not like he only threw interceptions to the 49ers because that's a close color palette to the Buccaneers. No, it's just like, hey, you, you're open. Ah, oh, fuck, you're not on my team. Shit, there it goes. It's, I, threw a, I threw a touchdown, right? No, doesn't count that way. It's still an interception. We're we're gonna see. Number one, it's it's it, it's crazy. It's catching to me that he it doesn't appear that he's going to get a starting job because Philip Rivers signed with the goddamn Colts. So the Colts saw Philip Rivers last year and said, "Oh yeah, that's the guy that's gonna get us over the hump." But famous Jameis isn't gonna get a starting job. Okay, I, you know, but he, he's gonna play at some point in time this year because you know it's the NFL. So he'll he'll get in the, in the well, game yeah. somewhere and he's gonna shove it up your ass. Fucking can't go coach. I forgot his name. Bruce Arians. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say that. No, I I'll knew just... what you meant. That's why I kind of gave I know. I, I, I legit forgot his name. I'll just say this for the comparison of Jameis and uh, Philip Rivers is Jameis has a long way to go to get to where Philip Rivers is in the leadership category. I'm not saying that he Uh-oh. can't, but, but that is a lot. Not that is a lot. That has a lot to do with it. That has a lot to do with it. No, that's that's serious. That's serious. Come on, now. He was such a great leader. They couldn't wait to give his ass the boot out of San Diego like jazz on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Actually, no. Philip Philip Rivers actually got himself out of San Diego when he put his house on the market before they even made a decision. Yeah. Because... one of those things, hey man, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. It was no, one of those. Y'all no, know how this goes. No, and they let not, him say that's fake. Not, no, yeah, that's wrong. They let him say that's face. Fake news. They let him say face. Y'all stop. know how this works. Listen, we're going to have to have two branches of Christianity works. if you continue this. Oh, no. <laughs> Bro, there's already like two branches of Christianity. Hell, Islam what? ain't no good Christianity. Huh? 
that's true. Judaism, yeah. Islam, and Christianity are all basically the same thing, just yeah. slightly altered. <laughs> See, it's funny. You guys think this is a Christian show. I thought it was a cooking show. Uh, well, uh, once in a while, we do do that too. <gasps> Christian cooking. We can hit all of the major markets. This is going to be fantastic. It's really limiting it's like, ourselves. I'm intrigued. Go on. What you got? I'm intrigued. How is it limiting ourselves? I mean, look at Skillet. They broke across. Creed, like... that was one of the biggest things with Armageddon. Oh, yes. Open. Yeah, Scott Stapp is so Christian. I mean, I didn't say he was so Christian, but it worked, and people thought he was. It's... Hey, man, God, God draws a lot of money, man. Uh, Andrew might be onto something here. There we go. We, 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 should, we should pivot now. Pivot. Yeah, man. We can we can all repent. Power is war, the repention episode. And then yes. we can restart fresh in the new next yes. week. And we can be all Christian y with it. You know what I mean? Go for the be faithful. The Reverend Christopher it, Platt, the pastor PC Tunny. I think it's I think it's the I think it's the penance show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So now we just have to figure out what we're giving up for Lent, and we have to just go back to that a little bit because Easter I'll, wasn't canceled. So I'll be the I'll be the deacon I'm, of dialogue, okay? Pop. Dialogue, that's good. I'm giving up <laughs> social interaction for Lent. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. <laughs> Shit. <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like lots of people gave up their life for Lent this year, basically. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the OnlyFans girls, man. I'm sure they're making a killing right now. <laughs> yeah, they are, probably. Yeah. I love how some are just doubling down. Like, th- This is actually fun to be on Twitter when you get some of like the wrestling girls who actually just put out there, like, you know, I like I just did my toenails. Hmm, I have nice feet. I wonder. And then they like link their OnlyFans in the tweet. And then they actually respond to like the shitty things. Like I think I saw Zoe Lucas and somebody said something like show ass pics and I'm down or something like that. And she's like, no, I don't have much of one feet though. I have those. And it's like, I'm like, hey. wow, you were just unabashedly just like doubling down on, Hey, you want feet pics? Who likes feet pics? <laughs> it's like, okay, good, good on you. But you know, and there, there's gotta be the thirst trap for that kind of stuff. Oh, most definitely, man. And guys are in the house. They, you know, yeah, there's definitely a thirst trap in. Yeah. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Anybody out there want to see my feet on an OnlyFans page, man? I, I you know, you, I can paint them. I can eat carrots with them. You know, we can, we can, we can figure some things out. Oh, that would be funny. You just see Amber give yourself a fucking pedicure or whatever, and paint your toes real nice for OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Now, do you think she'd do that, or would she just judge you for even asking and then walk out the room? No, as long as her face wasn't on camera, she'd be down like the brown. <laughs> Listen, you want to up your followers on social media, Platt? Put out a video of Amber painting your toenails. I guarantee you, you'll gain a thousand followers in a week. Really? What do you think, Balls? What do you think, Balls? You could stop that sentence as you should put up a video of Amber, and then you'll gain a thousand followers. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because it hits about the same market. That's all I'm getting at. (laughs) I tried to distract him with the toenail painting. Shut up. He's not <laughs> stupid, though. Shit. <laughs> Quick, pull out the billy club. Let's just whack him. <laughs> put him in, <laughs> put him in the trunk. I'm right here. That's oh, a, literally right here. 
That's this problem with these mid-sized crossover SUVs yeah. these days. There's no yeah. fucking trunks. What the fuck? I know. The, the trunk space is really limited because they have to have that fold-out double back seat or some shit like that. Who wants that? You need more trunk space. No, because but I mean, there's no... No, I have... They're I have a, like station wagon on 20-inch tires. I mean, if you need to put someone in the trunk, there's no trunk where it's enclosed. You can't see inside of it. Now you can look into the window in the back. That's right, because they all, they're all hatchbacks now, like... Everybody took the station wagon and just made it shitty. Like, what the fuck happened? What the fuck Robin happened to America? The station wagon was never not shitty, uh, Clark Griswold. Can I get okay. a, Can I get El Camino? That, what the hell? That, that was oh. a good reference, though, with the, the Clark that Griswold. Thing. I did like that. <laughs> I was supposed to get a new car. What happened to my old car? Uh, and, no, this and, is better. That, and neither one of our listeners will get that. Who hasn't watched Vacation? Come on. European, regular Vegas, Christmas, doesn't matter. We all know. It's come on. That's that's classic shit. Christmas oh, is Christmas. Best. Yeah, Christmas. That's that's the uh, magnum opus, yes. Yeah, I agree. Christmas is my favorite one also. Yeah. Especially I'm not a big they... European, honestly, not gonna lie. I don't Vegas know how you guys feel. When he gets stuck in the uh, yeah, he gets stuck in the roundabout, it's pretty funny. Yeah, that's Vegas. the Ben again. It seemed like it was, like, a huge amount of lanes, and he just couldn't get over, so he's just stuck in the roundabout for, like, six hours. That was great. The, the best part about it, I also guess, was the reoccurring guy that they kept hitting or throwing into the fountain. Wasn't he a Monty Python? What the fuck was I can't remember now, because I haven't seen it in a while. The only thing I remember it, that I found hilarious was um, how the kids always changed in every movie. And they were always various ages, and it was always different actors and actresses playing the kids. I don't and know they, why. They I, I thought that was funny. They close to the same. Not especially, even a little Especially bit. European. The, the difference in the daughter was just like, wait, how the fuck did you go from that to that? And now it's Juliette Lewis? Like, what yeah, the fuck yeah, are we yeah. doing here? Like, right. that's not even close. All right, trivia question, since you both like uh, Christmas Vacation. Uh, who was the son helping him cut down the tree? Who played the mm-hmm. son? Johnny Galecki. Oh, jeez. Balls. Yeah. <laughs> and we all know that he hasn't really it grown much does. since. Yeah, he looks sure the same. Does. He's Yeah, he's literally the same size. He looks yeah. exactly the same. He, he got to have some black in him somewhere. He's he looked with, a little cooler yeah, during Roseanne, but... He's, he's been with Kaylee Cuoco, literally. Oh, they were together? Or they mm-hmm. are together? No, they were together they? for a period of time when they were doing oh, the show. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, good for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. good for them. Wow. Yeah, but yeah, so he, he he looked a little cooler like a Roseanne time because he had the whole grunge look going on for him. Yeah, but, but he was a bitch. True, but he didn't look like as much of a bitch. That's all I'm getting at. He played That's a fair, he, but he was that, that was his character. You you do the same thing if you got that check in the mail. Oh yeah, I'd play a bitch tomorrow. Yes, if I mean, check <laughs> right, what? yeah. His his brother was a moron, and then they they stuck him with what Darlene, who was just like a hard ass. So he had to be a bitch. Starting, You're not gonna have somebody out hard ass her. <laughs> like, starting tomorrow, he was basically just young Roseanne, you know. Yeah, basically. Starting tomorrow in a world where anything is possible, Christopher Platt plays a bitch. So. <laughs> Holla at me, man. Yeah, I'll play a bitch. The only thing you can't get me to do is is sing for some goddamn chicken. Other than that, I'm game, man. Let's, yeah, if the check is big enough, let's talk. 
I'm not going to be, ooh, baby, I got Popeyes out here. But other than that, let's do it. I hate those goddamn commercials. I think. Goddamn. Y'all know how I feel about the, try my Popeyes chicken, baby. Then we ain't seen that bitch in a while, and I'm glad. I don't like that shit, man. Y'all out here making black people look like goddamn fools. And, and the new one, y'all. Would it be wrong if like, I sang it? Would it be wrong if I sang it right now? Ooh, baby. I got Popeyes. And and then the other commercials, like they got the white people. Ooh, th- this is a tasty sandwich. Was that horrible? I'm really enjoying that was horrible. this. The black people. I'm experiencing some things right now. Look at you looking all special. Like you about to fuck the sandwich or something. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Jesus. Uh... And the white people. I'm thoroughly enjoying this sandwich. Black people. Ah, it's chicken on a sandwich. Can I do the white guy? Can, I, can, we, can we keep going and I'll do the white guy? <laughs> the fuck, go for it, sonny. Bob is dead. Oh, you just killed him. Right now, I'm thoroughly enjoying this culinary creation. They put chicken on bread, nigga. <laughs> it's great. I love it. <laughs> I want to it. These herbs and spices are really hitting my palate at the right pace. Popeyes, Popeyes, ooh yeah. Have you heard about that new place? Oh, go 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 go, Popeyes. Holy the book of shots that came in the chef because of this Popeye's chicken. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus is good. Popeye's is good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. I ain't following that. I ain't following that. You win. This solidifies the Christian podcast, everybody. We just had a come to Jesus moment with chicken. Jesus Christ. God damn, everybody likes chicken. <laughs> That's why don't nobody like us now, man. Y'all got us out here looking like goddamn idiots over some goddamn chicken. And I refuse to eat that sandwich, man. I refuse. I thought you tried it and it was overrated. No, I didn't try it. I tried to try it one time and oh, the, line was the line was literally out building. It the line was so long, it took me forty five minutes to get out of the line once I decided I didn't want the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that's how bad it was. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, man. I don't know. I, don't know. I think all the. Go I was ahead, just gonna Andy. say I think that just proves that black people are just more entertaining than white people. White uh, people will try to sound oh eloquent and shit like that, talking about chicken, and y'all just have fun with it. Like, come on. Yeah, it's cool, but you know, man, I'm sensitive about the stereotypes. And it's not even the stereotypes, because everybody likes fried chicken. There's nothing wrong with loving fried chicken, but y'all know, man, they always make us look like goddamn idiots on television. I'm just sick of seeing that shit. That's all. <laughs> point, uh, point in case right there. Who did we talk about making fried chicken last episode? Um, Go on. We talked, we, about, we talked about DP making fried chicken last episode. Ah, touche, touche. That is true, that is true. It looked delicious, too. Speaking of which, I, I do have some chicken defrosting in my <laughs> <laughs> What did you do with that turkey that you had? 
It's still sitting in the freezer, man. I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet. That's going to be the in case of emergency break glass turkey. <laughs> like, if shit really gets real, then, you know, we're just on lockdown until, like, July or something like that. What are you going to do? I'll if, figure out something to do. With what do you got, electric? Or you probably have electric oven, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so what happens if you lose power and you have this turkey? It's going to have to thaw for a day. And then how are you going to fucking cook it? I is that when, is that when you... Is that is that when you might do what what I saw people doing when I pulled up to a tournament in a town that I was traveling to and the power was out and they pulled a tree out of the ground and just started a fire in the parking lot? Well, this is an optimum, but I do have lighters. You know those uh, long stem lighters that you use to light the candles. Yep, you're gonna... I've got about we got about three of those. So yeah, it's gonna probably take like thirteen hours, but we'll just you know heat the turkey over the candles and. Do it like that. I, if that's the <laughs> so case, I'd wait till it thaws, quarter it, and start one inch at a time. <laughs> but I am looking forward to this fried chicken I'm about to do in my uh, in our air fryer. That's going to be good. How is the air fryer? I heard it's highly inconsistent, and, and maybe that's if you don't get a good one. I enjoy it, man. Hell, I enjoy it so much, man. We're actually about to upgrade our air fryer. We're about to buy another one, a bigger one, where you can cook like rotisserie chickens, and they bring they have skewers on them, so you can make like kebabs and stuff like that with it. And you get a, a couple of books of recipes and like a hundred dollars worth of groceries. Okay. Damn. So, yeah. So I'm an air fryer guy, man. So this recipe that I have, so what you do is you um you marinate it in uh buttermilk, some put a little cayenne pepper, a little bit of regular pepper, and some uh some you know, some salt. Let it marinate anywhere from twenty minutes to twelve hours. Then you take it out, shake off the uh the buttermilk, flip it in some flour, add some uh paprika, some more salt and pepper, and then throw it in the air fryer. And then flip it about throw it in the air fryer for about twenty five minutes, flip it halfway through. You do got some uh, vegetable oil on it. Well, we use olive oil, so you know, so it gets that color, and it's delicious, man. It really is, and it's guilt free. There we go. Now we yeah. check the cooking show box today. This is awesome. We're checking Thank everything. You. Good Thank job, you, Jesus, Chris. and um, uh, Emerald Lagosi or whatever the hell his name is. Bam! Right there, we got that <laughs> shit. Well play, well play. Uh-huh. I highly recommend the air fry because there's so much stuff you can do with it, man. You can fry French fries in there. We do tater tots. We do a uh, southwestern egg rolls. Hell, you can cook a steak in the air fryer. I've seen recipes for that. Uh, you know, I we don't. Have to, oh. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would go with. I, I'd go with the three lighters over the air fryer for the steak. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I probably would too. But we should petition Demarco for the first pot is war shirt. To be a Christian cooking show, and it just pot his war on the front. <laughs> nice, nice. But I, I, I think that will cover it. I highly recommend an air fryer. Some of the stuff, some of the uh, certain recipes, it's a little uh, labor intensive. Like it's a, you know what I mean. It, it it can be a hassle, but I mean it's healthier. And if you enjoy good food or food that tastes good, and you don't want to deal with all that grease, man, I, I highly recommend it. You can do wings in there. You know, we do wing dings in there all the time. It's hmm. an idea. Yeah. I, 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 I was recommend. thinking about getting a crock pot at some point, but now the uh, the air fryer sounds better because the crock pot's kind of like the same kind of deal How where you, you can sort of. have a crock pot, man. You're 30 plus. Because you I don't, have a don't fucking. No. I was living they... alone for a while until 
Uncle Bob came back. How are so they what the this, fuck am I going to do? How are they am the I going to just fucking... They couldn't be less more of the same thing. No, yeah, more... Like, like conceptually the same yeah. thing where it's it's clean, it's easy, it's compact just to make something. Because most crockpots, you can just kind of let it, let it steep and cook for fucking like eight hours or whatever while you go to work. And air fryer seems like it's condensed, it's easy, it's manageable. It's not something that you have to break out 87 pots and pans and eggs and flour and shit like that necessarily, depending on how fancy you want to get. That's I'm... where I was going at with a similar thing. But yeah, so I'd like... I don't have a crockpot because it's not like I was cooking for a lot of people. What am I going to do? Get a roast and put it in the crockpot while I go to work and come by and eat roast all week? Mm. Yes. 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 Not a bad idea. That's exactly what you do. Yes. Uh, yes. Maybe. Yes. That actually doesn't sound awful now that I just said Oh, no, I mean, that's exactly what you do, sir. Throw some WCF, potatoes and man, carrots that's in exactly there. exactly what you do. <laughs> come, home with some, come home with some French bread, cut it up, sop it up, eat it up. Yeah. That doesn't sound terrible. Yeah. Bingo, bingo, bango, bongo, recently retired goalie Roberto motherfucking Luongo. True. The low key, though, the real reason, yes, yeah, she is fine, but that's not the point. The point I was getting at is I also don't trust myself not to burn the house down if I'm not here and going to work for fucking eight hours and coming back. Okay, here, here's the secret. You hear everybody be quiet. Shh. I secrets. fucking swear. Hear me. Secrets. Secrets. Shh. Secrets. 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 Wait, was it rolling onion on your balls? What? On low. Keep your personal life out of this. What? <laughs> oh, low. Oh, it's low. Oh, it's low. It's like my Oh, it's low. Hey, girl, you out there cooking the crock pot? Go ahead and keep it on low, dot, dot. <laughs> what if we did the rest of the show in whispers? You <laughs> Do you think anybody... I don't anybody... think people would appreciate that, no. I don't fucking I, I care about them, your actually. Your going to burn down with a roast on low <laughs> at 7 o'clock in the morning. By the time you get back at 6, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, you don't know how my luck works, though. Knowing my luck, the house would burn down around the crock pot, but the roast would be fine. This is us. Well, there you go. Worst case scenario, man. You got a good meal waiting for you. A hearty meal. I like how you try to find the bright side of that. He's like, hey, at least you got a meal for a while right there while you look for a new house. It's like, yeah, it's hey, man, I got to find the bright side, man. I'm sitting up in this Melifarmer quarantine looking like a goddamn Hebrew slave because I can't go to the barbershop. So, you know. Okay, I'm what, like I'm finna wade in the water, man, for real. What number one thing are you guys doing to pass the time, considering you can't go out and do the normal things you would want to do? Drink. I have to go to work still. We're considered essential. So I'm kind of only working home a couple days a week, and then I have to go in just because they don't let you take the whole week off. No, but I mean the rest of the time where you can't go to a place you'd want to go or go hang out with some people or go meet a bunch of people somewhere. I mean, drink? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, basically, WWE guys, the, Network. Uh, for us alcoholics here at Pot is War, the bars are closed. <laughs> How are you coping? Fuck, why do you got to make me ask Liquor questions like that? Liquor stores are considered essential in New Jersey. Did you not get the thing? No, but I mean, you can't go out to the bar and hang out with people and stuff like that. No, but I can buy a bottle and hang out with myself. Yeah. 
Well, matter of fact, we do. This is pretty sad. If I'm the most social of the three of us. Okay. Well, hey, look at this. I have uh, my Christian brothers here with me, so that that's my socializing for the week, right there. Yeah, how are you doing, brothers? It's such good shit right now. If some for some reason you tuned in forty minutes late and you've only been listening for three minutes, he's referring to a bottle, not a group of gentlemen. I'm not. It's not that I'm not social, man. It's just that, well, number one, I'm in a relationship now. And nine times out of ten, man, if I'm going out to be sociable, I'm either trying to get some ass or some cash, period. And and we can take ass off the table because I'm in a committed relationship. So I'm going out trying to get some cash, man, trying to figure out how to make some money. That's fair. And I'm not the biggest fan of people, not going to lie. So I, I pick and choose my outings sporadically <laughs> see i like people on an individual level man on an individual level people are are really delightful and they really give me hope for the species but once you start putting them in groups uh boy, that's when they start coming up with things like you know hierarchies and agendas <clears throat> that gives me the heebie-jeebies or chicken commercials sheesh oh god damn <laughs> If you don't get your ass out of here, man. <laughs> That's fuck? hilarious just how angry that makes you. It um, does, God. man. Does it piss you off him too, or is it just mostly your anger? She rolls her eyes because she gets it. You know what I mean? But she just mm-hmm. rolls her eyes. It doesn't make her as angry as it makes me. She'll just roll her eyes at it and keep it pushing. No, oh, that's fair. That's but, fair. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, oh, yeah, but pe- people's bullshit is annoying. But what you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, you can't do nothing without people. It is one of those fucked up situations, isn't it? Yeah, you, you I can't mean, what even you... really be isolated without people because you still gotta get food. You gotta go yeah. out to the store, gotta order something, so somebody's gotta deliver it to you, or you gotta go get it from someone. So there's still always another person involved, no matter how isolationist you are. Oh, you still have people deliver stuff. You are a brave soul, my friend. Well, they they started doing the whole deliver and leave on your doorstep kind of thing and just give you a yeah. call. So that that is the most awkward situation to just get like a phone call and then just be like there's there's food on your doorstep and you're just like, oh, it's the fucking food fairy. This is awesome. Just yeah, that happened to me last Saturday. That happened to me last Saturday. They did. They knocked on the door and dipped, and by the time we opened the door, it was just food sitting at the doorstep. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it necessarily, but eh, wait, what you gonna do? I don't know. I, I don't think Jersey Mike pot or roasting that melon farmer. That's what you need to do. Okay, now that we just talked about it and I said the words, kind of, I let that kind of simmer, and I'm just like, oh, wait, that doesn't sound awful. Yeah. Or get you one of them Instapots, man. This uh, new air fryer I'm about to order, it comes with a free Instapot as well. And it's all for three payments of nine ninety five. I've got a guy for that. I meet him in the alleyway. Yo. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, folks, I want to just I just want to have full disclosure here. I was away for a couple minutes, and the first thing I heard when I came back was, I got a guy, I meet him in the alleyway. Well, I mean, you dropped a beer or whatever the hell, because we all heard you kind of be like, one's down or some shit like that. Oh, I said, claw down, claw down. Oh, claw down. There it is. Yeah. So is the claw okay? Did he make it all right? You have to go behind enemy lines? 
It's like a Black Hawk down, but it's a White Claw down. Is this wasted. like the shitty sequel that nobody wants? You can't be wasting stuff like that, you know, in times like this. Like a, a, the thought of White Claw down being Black Hawk down sequel or just wasting White Claws? No, I mean, in, in, in the times we live in, resources could become scarce at some point. Every and White, what, every white Claws white, are an essential resource for you now? Every White Claw counts. Every White Claw counts. White Claw lives matter. Is that where you're at with that? I mean, come on now. I mean, Chris walked away full full transparency on the show, so I can get away with saying that without him yelling at me just yet. <laughs> you better just... hope. Yeah, 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 there you go. I mean, let's just do it back. Uh, he might have something to say next week. <laughs> oh, you're in for it. You better start preparing now for your verbal lashing. Wow, you can't say that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> What? I didn't... Ah, oh, fuck. Now we're both <laughs> fucked. I like how it took a second for it to wash over you. Like, what the fuck? Ah, oh, fuck. So anyway, I usually leave the muffins in for like 30, 40 minutes. Like on That's 200, so- even afterwards, to kind of let it caramelize over the top. Oh, the light butter or margarine? Well, I... I well, I, I, I mean, I like to use parquet. Oh. oh Jesus Christ! What are you doing, Tony? I've never heard anybody about parquet in years, bro. If you're going, if butter. you're gonna eat butter, why eat butter. fake butter? You might as well butter. just eat butter, butter, man. Butter. What the hell? Butter. Did you say nutter butter? Nutter butter is a decent, but nutter butters shit. are nice. I know, but that's a wafer candy kind of the kicky thingy, whatever fuck you want to call it. It's not even butter. Yo, have y'all seen the Snickers commercial? <laughs> it always comes on during Raw, and they talk about new Snickers made with nut butters. It does it always make you giggle like it makes me giggle when the words nut butters comes out? I don't, Could I don't you know imagine if they came on and said new Snickers made with butt nutters? <laughs> hey, maybe that's what they're going to call the Snickers hole or something like that. I love that Snickers Hole commercial, though. I don't know why, but that just gets me every fucking time that's on. Hey, everybody, look. The hole, it's working. <laughs> I think I, I love the fact that the initial commercial with the song was like, we got a dumb idea, but let's feed the world the Snickers. So even in the commercial, they're like, this is fucking stupid, but it's going to be funny. And it is. <laughs> it's fucking funny. <laughs> so let me let me ask you gentlemen this cause without getting too political because we're clearly just trying to give you folks some mindless entertainment and some laughs to get through being fucking quarantined. Racist. That's what's going on right now? Yes. Shut up. Yes. And string cheese isn't racist, but Popeyes is racist. They had that one black bra talking about try my Popeyes chicken. Well, Popeyes was founded by a white man. Hell, as a matter of fact, I think he's Canadian. And shit, they they sold it to Burger King, so there's no blacks involved with Popeyes whatsoever. Except I like to hoobity hoobity chicken chicken hoobity 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 chicken. Anywho, I like to. I like to personally gather the whole family together and take them down to Popeyes for a cultural experience. Cultural experience. So do you go to the Popeyes in Detroit because you're in Wisconsin? Is that how you work? <laughs> he takes the fans like, see, look at them. They love it. Just like it said on Wikipedia. <laughs> it's a little much for my young ones, but uh, the wife really loves it. 
Did they ever try I'm to give you directions to, and take your hubcaps off? <laughs> <laughs> Takes it back to the good old college days, huh? Oh, man. I'm just saying there's a lot of powerful people's wives out there, man, that have had my babies on their face. And God bless America <laughs> for that. But anywho, getting back to reality. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I can't even do it anymore. Well done. I'm going to clap for you. (laughs) Shit. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained, folks? Listen, we're three friends just hanging out at our virtual bar right now trying to have some fun, so I hope everybody's fucking entertained. CP, keep going, brother. So I got to ask, man, yeah, without getting too political, because we're not trying to go down that rabbit hole, but how long do you guys think this whole quarantine shit is going to last? Into our 70s. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for you and I, Tony, what's that, like six years? No, God, no. That's funny. I, I know, I know. Everybody was here when we, we we watched Hulk Hogan lift up Andre the Giant. It was great. We saw Anthony Naraka and Bruno San Martino wrestle in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> no, we knew you... Anthony Naraka before he took the shoes off. That's how that fucking thing worked. Oh. I'm gonna channel Jesus Lance. Christ. I'm gonna channel Lance Storm. Lance Russell. Oh, Lance Storm, not Lance Russell. I didn't know where you were going with that one. Come on, balls. Come on, man. Come on, balls. That was my best sled Russell I have. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your best work, but it was all right. <laughs> In a lot of ways. That was my gorilla monster. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. Tip for tat. Fair enough. On a serious note. Hey, there's the landstorm. Okay. Doesn't everything that's happening right now feel like moving forward, especially, hopefully, everything gets back under control, is that a lot of what's happening now kind of feels like 9-11 in the fact that life moving forward after what's going on right now is going to change. Like, there's certain things that happen throughout the world that change how people live their lives, right? You can't Mm -hmm. deny the fact that life was different before 9-11, especially here in America, right? And now, after this, life is going to change again. I mean, I have to go to work personally. I work in an essential store. And I, I agree that the store is essential for the most part. I'd rather sit home and get paid, but whatever. That's just me being lazy. But I'm on my way to work this morning, and I go into a gas station, right? And I had to get gas, and so I grabbed a coffee and and a little sandwich that was wrapped. There's no more open stuff. There's no more little open rotisserie grills in the gas stations anymore. But when I go to line, there's way less people there, but there's four people. And everybody is about eight feet apart. No one's talking. No one's saying anything. And everybody just lined up like that. 
eight feet apart. So how drastically do you think life is going to change moving forward? Because I know you were kind of confused when I brought up this is kind of like 9-11, but it is in the fact that it's life-altering moving forward. Andrew, I'm going to let you answer that because I can't answer that question without getting into my conspiracy bag. And I, I don't want to go there because we've been having fun. Oh, okay, so to uh, damn, well, it I sounds the, like it's gonna take a the, turn for the more serious in this kind of conversation. I want the conspiracy but, bag, FYI. After this, we yeah, we'd love the conspiracy bag, but I, I don't know because like okay, nine eleven didn't really change all that fucking much after like the initial three months of togetherness in America. Fuck yeah, and then suddenly it just turned into. If you're brown, then you had issues, and now there's more lines at TSA. That's about it. There, there's more security at airports. You know, foreigners still have issues, and it's just more prevalent because everybody's a little more openly racist when it comes to people from certain countries. But life didn't really change all that much. I mean, they just use the word terrorism as a buzzword to try to scare people into, oh, there's a terrorist camp over there, or that's why we bombed that place, because terrorism. And then it's just a validation word. But that's, eh. This... I mean, if people are going to be assholes and dirty and have to be told to fucking wash their hands just for this to fucking pass, it's going to take about a month because that's kind of what we're looking at with South Korea, China, and Japan, which kind of went on lockdown a couple weeks before we did. And they're starting to come out of it now, which is week three, four, depending on when places started kind of suspending stuff. And they're having gatherings. They're having people again for the most part. So... By May, we should be more or less back to normal. Sure, there will still be some people that are a little more cognizant of things, and some people will still be concerned, and they'll wonder, well, if this spread, what else could spread? What else could people have? And there will always be those type of people. Maybe you'll see a few more of them. But I I don't think life is going to change all that much. This time next year, it's going to be the same shit. You're going to get the three-day-old fucking hot dogs at 7-Eleven. We might as well just call them wizard fingers at that fucking point. And then you're going you're to have all that shit. People are going to be licking the big gulp machine and fucking throwing slurpy shit everywhere. I mean, it, 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 this too shall pass, and then humanity will return to its idiocy. Chris, conspiracy time. All right, so number one, uh, things changed drastically after 9-11 because there were, they basically tarred, feathered, and gutted the Constitution after 9-11. And I think that, Tony, I think your assertion, you know, bringing up 9-11, that's very prevalent now because this is the biggest story since 9-11. And, again, what happened after 9-11? People were scared and they were willing to give up some of their freedoms. And like I said, they basically gutted the Constitution because of 9-11 because people were scared and they wanted answers. Excuse me, and they ran to government to protect them. And I can see a, a similar situation happening with this. Now, Andrew, you brought up, you know, Korea and China and Japan and their governments and stuff like that, how they responded to this and kind of curtailed it. Because, hell, China's getting ready to start playing basketball again. But the thing that you left out was that, number one, they're intelligent. Number two, their governments, <laughs> their governments are competent. And, and before y'all... You know, I mean, this this has nothing to do with Trump. Like Trump don't know what's going on, man. I've been telling you all for years, man. The presidency is nothing but presidency is middle management. Okay, 
the president is the motherfucker you go to at Burger King because your fries were cold and you can't get answers from the melon farmer at the counter. So you say, can I speak to your manager? And that's who comes out, the president. He's got that nice smile on. He's got his tie on. Oh, how can I help you? That's that, That's what the president is, all right? But that's neither here nor there. You know, uh, but, you know, yeah, things are going to change. And I don't want to get too far into the conspiracy bag, but I could see a scenario again. If you live in conspiracy world like I do, and again, conspiracy world, I, I hate using that term. I, I use it kind of for levity, but at the same point in time, man, if you study history like I do, not the history that they teach us in school, like actual history, you start to see patterns develop and you see the grabs for power and who's trying to seize power and blase this and blase that. You start to see things. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. But you could certainly see a scenario where we have this worldwide pandemic and everybody is looking for answers and trying to be safe. So you can see the world coming together to fight this pandemic. And after the world comes together to fight this pandemic, you could certainly maybe possibly kind of see a scenario in which they say, well, the world came together to fight this pandemic Maybe we should just keep the world together. I'm not saying I'm just saying. I'm not saying I'm just saying. And also, this has been a big cash grab because while all this was going on, everybody heard about, you know, the the, the senators and the and the Congress people that sold off all their stock and all of that right before this shit hit the Americas. You you, you guys heard that, right? Mm-hmm. So the biggest story that has nothing to do with the Rona that nobody is talking about is that Bill Gates, everybody knows Bill Gates, he stepped down from Microsoft. Now, under the guise of his trying to continue his humanitarian work, but why is nobody talking about that? That's kind of a big fucking deal. Bill fucking Gates stepped down from his company. That's kind of a big deal, and nobody's talking about that. And I'm not saying, I'm just saying. I mean, didn't, like, a dozen major CEOs step down? Like, the Disney guy stepped down, Bill Gates yes. stepped down. And so, nobody's talking about that because everybody's so scared that they're about to get this Rona. A, a disease that, what, 90% of us, if we catch it, we're going to be just fine? 95. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. No, yeah, 95. I, 95. Like, the, the, yeah. The people that are at risk of this are old, immunocompromised, or really, really small because they don't have a fully developed immune system. Anybody fairly healthy is going to be fine. It's going to be like if you get the flu or pneumonia. So who gives a shit? You're going to feel like shit for a week or two. But, yeah. I See, I it's weird because surface-level stuff and the greater, the general populist general interactions... That didn't really change after 9-11, which is why I went that direction, where, sure, there was the Patriot Act. Sure, there was a lot of stuff in the background. But did that really affect a ton of people, like, directly? Or is it just one of those things that you just go, all right, so I could be wiretapped, and if I say something like, Trump sucks donkey dick, then maybe I'll get a fucking FBI agent at my fucking door. Okay, yeah, that's also that's also fear-factoring, and that's also fear-mongering, being like, oh, well... Because it happened to one guy that I heard, let's not say this because they got ears everywhere. And you ever notice on your Facebook, if you talk about something, then suddenly the ad shows up? Yeah, that that that's kind of – it's it's weird fear-mongering. And it's going to be effective for a couple months just like 9-11 was, but then it's going to go back to normal. 
we're going to go back to whatever we usually did. Sure, there could be some constitutional loopholes. There could be a few tertiary freedoms that we didn't really pay a ton of attention to until they were gone. And then it doesn't really affect everyday life until that one kind of situation happens where people stop and go, oh, okay. But it's it's not going to affect America in the greater scheme of things like this time next year. That's kind of where I was going with it. Everybody out there under the sound of my voice, and I'm not going to get into it now, but Google the term Hegelian dialect. Google that. You're going to need to spell that come for at me next year. Spell it. The fuck? They can spell rewind it. it. They can spell rewind it. it. Spell they, they it. Re- you God can't fucking it. spell it. Say it again. Oh, I can't <laughs> fucking spell it. God damn it. Spelling is the tool. Hold on. Stop laughing. Spelling is the tool least associated with intelligence. So you can blow me. Yeah, well, in one, in one snap, I smelled it right, so I found it. Oh, yeah, so did I. Right? How's it smell? What does it smell like? What does that thing smell like? It don't smell it like smells- anything. It's on my phone. It smells like a lavender douche. So spell it out to the people, please. And Blinded by the light. Hallelujah, die like a douche in the night. That's how I did. There's not that song is not even douche though. You realize that? You know, I, honest to God, this is a fucking awesome story. So I'm sitting in physical therapy. Big left turn here from what we were just doing. I'm sitting in physical yeah. therapy. This is probably a year and a half, two years ago. <clears throat> and I'm getting worked on by uh, a lady who's about a decade older than I am. And then next to me is a lady who's about the same age as the lady who's the physical therapist with me. But with her is a gentleman who is probably five to 10 years younger than I am. Okay. So we have someone in their late twenties, mid to late thirties and two women in their mid to late forties. And that song comes on over the light music thing. Right. And the lady next to me who's getting worked on, who's older than I am goes, I can't believe that the lyrics to this song and the other two people in the room who I've already told you who they are go on for five minutes talking about how they say douche in the song. And finally I had to stop and say, you guys understand that it's wrapped up like a deuce, another motor in the night. And they're talking about a car. (laughs) That was a real public thing that happened to me. <laughs> That's actually a fantastic way to dovetail off the douche cut, man. Good job. So, That's funny. that being said, mm-hmm. let's let's so add even. I let's... have found it. Hold okay, on go ahead. I have go found ahead. It. So for those that want to know, I'm just gonna spell it out for you. Okay, H as in Helen, E as in energy, G as in go, E as in energy, I as in goddamn it's I. L. L is in Larry, A is in Apple, N is in Nancy, D is in Dog, I again, I, A is in Apple, L is in Larry, E, e is in Electricity, C is in Cat, T is in Tom, I again, and C as in Cat. Google the Hegelian dialect, okay? I'm not going to get into it here. Just Google it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to get into all of that. Just do it. 
Juliet, some, learn some. Alf, Juliet, October, <laughs> November, Jordan. Can't even do it. Yeah, can't even do it. Shield. Fast forward to the Roman years of using the song. Boo! Now fast forward to now. Yay! You guys want to no, talk no, some wrestling? Fast forward to now. Everybody be Ooh, quiet. Everybody yeah, like, that's what I was doing too. <laughs> In these times, I can't boo, so, but I want to. So, okay, so real quick, let, let, let's let's talk a little bit of wrestling, man, before we get up out of here, man. Uh, first and foremost, man, it's come out that they're going to do some, well, we've got the Boneyard match with Undertaker and AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the hell that means. Like, when I think Boneyard, I think of a, a restaurant in New Orleans. That's known for their strong hurricanes and good ass slap ribs. I thought I read it was a PG way to just say buried alive, basically. Yeah, no. Tony, is that what you heard? I thought it was a PG way to say a graveyard match. Which is a buried alive match. No, but I mean, I thought they were going to have actually have the match in a graveyard. You know, if if the other rumors or the other information can be understood that it's pre-taped, maybe they are. Who knows? Oh yeah, so that shit. That shit's already been taped. Yeah, yeah, it, it it it's being taped today and probably tomorrow as well. But let's let's uh, let's have a little fun here. Do y'all y'all mind? Y'all want to have a little fun? I don't like fun. Hold on, let uh, me grab a drink. Oh. <laughs> okay, so how, how about this, man? Does this sound like fun? If we pull up the WrestleMania card and let's try to find a stipulation for every possible match. To make this mania the best it could possibly be, considering there's going to be no audience. Or what do stipula- that? Does that sound like fun to anybody? Or what stipulation would you put on each match? We'll go around the horn on each one. Yes. All right. Yeah. I know cool. where to find. The, I know. I know where to find the card. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That sounds like fun, right? How about if I added the updated betting odds to each scenario? I guess, but okay. All right, whatever. whatever. Fuck you. Time. That was a really nice little, you know, nutmeg to your chocolate chip cookies, okay? Hey, man, whatever, man, it's your journey. You'd be surprised. All right, I'll moderate. You guys enjoy your, you know, truculency. Woohoo! I own a truck, too. <laughs> that, does that give you an advantage? <laughs> I think it does! Uh, I can truck better than you. <laughs> I own a Nissan Versa, so there's two great things about that. I never have to worry about parking spots. I can just ball it up and put it in my pocket if there's nowhere to park. (laughs) And number two, I'm a black man driving a Nissan Versa, which means I can fly past the cops doing 80 miles per hour in a 40 with the windows rolled down, snorting cocaine, playing Fuck the Police by N.W.A., and nobody will bet an eyelash at me. It's wow. fucking awesome. Can I get it on your carpool? <laughs> <laughs> then you can use the carpool lane, too. It's, it's going to awesome. be fantastic. And I can use the carpool lane now. It's fucking great, man. The only problem is I don't think we can sit six feet apart in your Versa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's six feet in the Versa. <laughs> it's close square footage. <laughs> so anyway, WrestleMania 30, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, held that blah, 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 center. Six. Held at multiple locations. 
Um, Elias versus Corbin. Elias is minus one. It's even. It's a pick'em. Yeah, what so, the fuck? A stipulation guitar, for that? <laughs> this is a guitar on a pole match, and they both trying to climb to get the guitar, and whomever gets the guitar gets to hit the other person with the guitar. I mean, that should just be a Xanax in the crowd match. It's a good thing there's nobody there, because they wouldn't fucking react to it anyway. Jesus fucking Christ, Elias versus Corbin. <laughs> wow, tell us how you really feel. Corbin's about as electric as, I don't know, rubber? Rubbing two rocks together? The Stone Age? And Elias has been back for a month and they give him no build and just now he's a face? Okay. Okay. I guess. I don't give a shit. I, did. I don't give a shit. Uh, lo- loser leaves WWE. Lo- loser leaves TV. Loser leaves TV. I like that. Loser leaves TV. All right, oh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, ladies, and gentlemen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'll go to work here since these two consistently <laughs> mail it in, even when we get to the wrestling segment here. How okay? did I mail it in? I gave a realistic stipulation. How did I mail it in? I, you can't lump me up there with fucking Orson Welles over here. I'm trying. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to work here. Trying, trying work here. is the operative word. Trying to work here. Well, yeah. And I'm always, not I'm always, succeeding is the result. Uh, <laughs> listen, listen. Th- for me, this show is all about trying, especially with the two of you. Ooh. No? Nothing? Come on. No. Love you, too. Wow. Yes. Just get to what the fuck you were going to say. Just say your piece and go. Sorry, I hurt your feelings. <laughs> you there is you didn't hurt your feelings. No. You go to hell, you go to hell, and you die. All right, here's the deal. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a little bit of what I'm forecasting here. A little, little bit uh, booking by PC Tunney. Okay. God. Corbin's aligned with some people. It's a good way to get them people on the show. Elias will get over early. At Corbin wins the match. Baron Corbin will win one of the titles over the summer. By that, do you mean main title, or do you just mean belts on the show? No, I mean, I mean, he'll be he, on one of the other shows. He'll be the champion. I mean, I suppose it's not the I worst mean, idea. It could be from Sunday to Monday, but he's going to win the title this summer. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't know, man, because I'm not thinking past WrestleMania because I don't know when we're going to get back to some semblance of normal. So, okay, whatever you say. Whatever you say, champ. Well, thanks a lot. All right, hey, here. <laughs> well, y'all, y'all poo-pooing on my gimmick, so I'm poo-pooing on yours. Well, then talk about Alice. I just poo-pooed on both of them. I didn't really poo-poo on a gimmick. Talk about talk about Alistair. Oh, you want me? To... Oh, the gimmick. I'm sorry. Did you give it a gimmick, Andrew? I already did. I, I said something on the line. Because I don't give a fuck. Because they're both about as interesting as fucking watching paint dry. How about a crown of thorns match? How about a loser paints my fucking barn match? <laughs> You have a barn, sir? I'll fucking build one just for this gimmick. Shut up. (laughs) I've got the Amish beard. I could do it. I'll just shave the mustache, put on some clothes like that. Really plain, black, white. It's simple. Basics. All 
I'll just add to your <laughs> stipulation, Platt. And on one pole is a guitar, and on the other pole is a scepter. How about that? I can smoke a bag of that. All right. All right. Alistair Black, Bobby Lashley. Winner gets Lana. This is a tough one, man. Uh, and I'm 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 gonna go a little yeah, I'm gonna go a little fantasy booking here, man. I say we have Zelina on on sitting up on one turnbuckle and Lana on the other, and the winner gets both. Like, you know, uh what what uh like they, they get to pillage and plunder and all that shit. You know, to the winner go to spoils and all of that. Voulez vous coucher avec quoi? C'est quoi? Si. I mean we. We yeah, we Très bien. Très bien. Yes. Yes, les French toast. <laughs> <laughs> Omelette du fromage, if you will, you know. Uh, I mean, that, that that's a little meta with the adding Zelina in for Alistair. But it is, but I mean, these shits aren't going to happen, man, so we might as well have some fun with them. That's fair. I mean, sh- this, this is another dumpster fire of a fucking match. Um. I- it's a way to get Alistair on TV. And Alistair, his stuff looks stiff as hell, man. Like, you watch that, Um, what's what's the name of that kick he does? What's, black what's Mass. Yeah, yeah, that Black Mass. He looks like he's really kicking people in the face, man. I wouldn't want to take a Black Mass. Mm, maybe. I can't figure out how they do that. I mean, I'm sure there's a trick to it, but I can't figure out how they do it. It just looks like he's legitimately kicking Melon Farmers in the face. They probably just turn their face and drop. It's a timing thing. It's got to be. All right, speaking of people looking like they're really, you know, bombing the shit out of them and not really, how about the best ever at it? The Undertaker. Let's get into some real wrestling talk. Taking on AJ Styles. We brought it up already. Boneyard match. Undertaker's favorite here as far as the betting odds go. Um, Boy, the kind of match I would have had here. I think I would have just had a no disqualification, no holds barred match so that we could get the OC involved. Maybe you get Kane out there at some point. Um, that That's what I would have done, CP. I like the idea of a casket match, you know, similar to how he did at, with, uh, I was about to call him Russo. It's been a long Rusev time. At one of those jamming the sands. You know, he doesn't have to take a whole lot of bumps. Like, he can, like, mm-hmm. drop to a knee or something like that. And ultimately, he got to Tombstone Aiden English instead of trying to pick up big-ass Rusev. This Boneyard match, I'm intrigued. I don't know what the hell it means. I don't know if they're going to try to do the Graveyard thing, which, I mean, we've seen that before. Sting and Vampiro. That didn't work out the best. But you, you got to do something to work around Taker's limitations. And I assume there's going to be a lot of smoke and mirrors. Literally, as well as figuratively, and we'll see what they come up with. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping this is just a PC version of the Buried Alive match, because Buried Alive makes sense. Like, yes, PC's version of the Buried Alive match, because, I mean, it'd be nice. It makes sense for AJ to officially retire Undertaker, you know, put put the dog out to pasture, be done with this now, because... He's come back. He's looked like he's in better shape since he got his hip and his knees or since he got his whole fucking body replaced, what the fuck it was. But it's still not great. It's still, he's like in his 50s now. We got to just stop and let let AJ get the rub, retire in the legend, you know, have have the Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair kind of moment for everybody where it's more visible and, you know, have... I always like the old, um, with the construction, 
like the the dump truck and stuff like that. Just dump the what, fucking what? dirt or the backhoe the or whatever the fuck it was. You talking about Duke the dumpster Drozzy? You like no Duke the, the dump truck? Drozzy? Like when the in the burial the buried alive matches where they'd actually just have the construction equipment there where you'd throw them in and then you'd dump the fucking giant bit of fucking dirt on them with the the big cat fucking dump truck or fucking backhoe, whatever fuck it was. I forget exactly. It's so a little you, late and I'm a little drunk. So you want your setup to be uh, the spot's already dug. You throw the guy in there, and if before he can get out, you can pull the lever on the cat, yep. the caterpillar that's with the with the with the shovel yep. up. It you pull the lever, all you have to do, and it just dumps down. I like that. I've always liked that one, just personally. The only thing about that though is you got the point of you could pull the lever at any time, and then it'd be filled already. I mean, nobody's ever done that though. I mean, they could. You're right, and that that could add to something else. Maybe a second cat with another fucking bit of dirt. I don't fucking know. Here but, comes Stone Cold you know, Steve Austin with a Zamboni no, cat. See, that, that's what happens. Is is AJ kicks him in, and then he Pele kicks the fucking lever to knock the fucking dirt in. So that's what it is. AJ with the flourish. That's how he wins the match. Yes or is no? The irony lost on anybody that the guy that probably could have helped them do this you know have in, in terms of having matches that are kind of cinematic and you know don't have audiences there just did his debut promo on AEW this evening like is that lost on anybody here like it would Matt Hardy might not be the perfect guy for this particular scenario to I want to pro- book I, these matches I want to make an in-show proposal I think we're bored talking about the WrestleMania card, and I think we're going to talk about it plenty next week. Let's talk about exactly what you just talked about. Yay or nay? Pivot. Go for it. Fine. You guys poo-pooed on my idea, so maybe I can find something that you guys can say something interesting about. So, fine. Go ahead. Say words. Say words. I love me. I love Matt Hardy tonight. I loved it. I loved the whole ending segment. I loved the match between Guevara and uh, Kenny Omega. I thought the last whatever minutes of whatever, what, last 25, 30, 33% of AEW was excellent. I didn't have a chance to really pay attention to a lot of it before that. I did see it, but, man, the match was really good. And I thought Cody and Kenny on commentary was solid. Chris Jericho... Asking Vanguard to join the inner circle was one of the best promos I have personally seen in a long time. Okay. I enjoy the energy between Jericho and Hardy. I'm thrilled that Matt Hardy is getting his chance to finish his career with a character that he's so confident in. I thought he knocked everything out of the park tonight. I thought it was excellent. It's more, it's probably. 25 to 50 times more than I've enjoyed any Raw or SmackDown in the last whatever since we went to no audience. Well, I mean, AEW's starting to figure it out, man. They really are. They're starting to get their groove, and they're doing less of what was whack and more of what was good. And, again, they're buying their time until they can either land that marquee superstar that is a needle mover or they can come up with that marquee storyline that's going to galvanate the masses and wrestling around them. But, you know, just overall, as far as putting on a consistently entertaining show, 
the last month or so, they've really kind of been falling into their groove, and they've done the empty arena match thing better than WWE has, even though I liked Raw. I really did like Raw this past Monday because it was kind of a throwback. Like, I'm of that age, and I think a lot of our listeners are of that age, and you gentlemen might be as well. We're of that age where that was our wrestling. You know, you'd get, you know, two or three squash matches, you'd get a uh, a competitive main event, and other than that, just a bunch of uh, fire-ass promos. And if you wanted to see the stars wrestle the stars, you had to pay for it, either through the house shows or through pay-per-view. It was kind of a throwback. Yeah, no, no argument there. I just didn't really watch much of it because I was doing other things, and Raw kind of turned me off last week, so I just decided well, to skip it. And to, be honest, they're, they're, and to be honest, man, they're elite, there really is no reason to watch. I mean, come on, man. Let's not be dicks about the situation. It is what it is. Well, yeah, that too. And they're, it's not like they're really pushing too much. We know what's a setup. We know what we have to deal with. And they're just going to do what they're going to do. But, no, last week, AEW was probably my favorite of all their Dynamites. This week wasn't bad. I was flipping back and forth between NXT and Dynamite a bit, so I didn't see a lot of the, the earlier matches where it was, what, Cody and Jimmy Havoc, who fucked that emaciated looking fucking British pile of shit. Fucking can't wrestle. Gets his ass kicked by the fucking announcer at a bar, so that should just disqualify him from ever being a wrestler ever again, getting beat up by a fucking announcer. Um, Cody's good on, announce, uh, on the announce team. I liked him and Tony together. That was good. Um... Brandy, Brandy's a better announcer than Justin Roberts. I w- I kind of yeah. I kind of wish that they would keep her there, not only for eye candy, but just in general. I like the way she delivers everything a lot more than Justin Roberts' corny fucking ass. The uh, the promo against Vanguard was funny. I liked it and had like how they just had to fucking drone fly away and how he was talking about like Instagram drone models and ba- basically the equivalent of like drone pussy and like pouring fucking champagne. Drone pussy. <laughs> pouring champagne into his gas tank or something like that when he's probably battery powered. So it was just, it was all so ridiculous. It was fantastic. My only, which we talked about a little bit ahead of time. Yeah. The issue with the main promo segment was the fact that coming out of the fact that I enjoy the Le Champion character, the broken fucking universe is the reason I started watching impact again. So I don't mind the Matt Hardy broken character out. Outside of just the bubble of I like both of these and they're funny together, it did come off a little awkward. Like it, it felt like it went a little long, and there were points where they w- didn't feel like they were completely in sync, and it felt like it, it just it felt a little long, and like they were reaching for a funny moment, like when the whole elite delete thing came up. That I felt like that was really just hearkening back way too hard to when MJF and Chris Jericho did the whole, you know, back and forth. No, you, no, you, no, you. You know who really sucks. No, you know who really sucks. Cody! And it was just supposed to be one of those corny, gifable kind of moments, which I guess that's what's cool nowadays. I guess that's what people like if you could parse it down to 50 seconds and share it around Twitter. Well, whatever. But a couple things were a little cheesy. I still enjoyed it for the most part. Not shitting on it. Just trying to take myself out of the bubble of liking both of them. And it's interesting. And I also like the fact that Matt Hardy basically equated his reason for being with the Elite to he just owes the Young Bucks a debt to help. You know, they helped him find Damascus and find his broken persona again. And 
that kind of could mean after this little alliance is done, he may turn on them anyway. He may find a new partner. He may somebody else may come from WWE. You don't really know. So I, I like the fact that there's that small wrinkle there where Hardy's not a hundred percent invested with the elite, but he's a hundred percent on their side for the blood and gut situation. Who does Hardy owe so a li- debt to? The Bucks of Youth. There you uh, go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Bucks of Youth, yes. Excellent. So let me ask you this then, man, and it's an either or, so don't try to worm out of this shit like you try to do all the goddamn time. Wow. What's what do you prefer? The WWE scripted lines, these guys just reading lines that were written for them, or the AEW where they give guys and gals creative freedom, and sometimes it doesn't always hit 100%, but you know that they're coming up with this stuff off the cuff. I mean, the creative freedom is obviously better. I think Impact, either they edit better, or they know how to walk the line a little better between feeding lines and giving guidelines and bullet points so i kind of enjoy impact promos a little more but using your your aw or wwe yeah it's it's easier if they just get bullet points and they kind of do most of it from themselves and most of it's organic but even if i prefer them rather doing it themselves that doesn't mean i can't point out the fact that all right that was a little awkward or that went a little long because fuck the scripted ones normally suck but you know if if a couple of them end up being good, then everybody's like, oh, that was the best promo so-and-so's given in, in two years. Well, you, you can't really praise one and not like, not nitpick at the other a little bit. You know what I mean? Okay, but, okay, number one, Impact tapes their shows like 17 months. That's why I said past. I wasn't sure if it so was their you, you, style you, or their editing so, yeah, process. You, you got time to edit and to look over things. And, and I mean... AEW and, and WWE to that extent as well. They're dealing with skeleton crews right now because you can only have X amount of people in the building at a time while you're trying to do this. So hey, they're, they're, they're can working... only afford 12 people in the caterer, so don't they've been working on a skeleton crew since 2013. Listen, it's never been so prevalent as when Chris Jericho came out and the camera guy sang his theme song for five minutes while Chris Jericho held the camera. Yeah, they're they're working with what they got to work with, man. But I mean, it's it, it you know it's entertaining for what it is. Like, was it did it come off a little awkward? Was it a little long? Okay, yeah, fine, cool. But also, that's part of the charm of the whole broken universe, man. The broken universe is supposed to be campy and kind of low budget. Like that's that's part of the charm of what the broken universe is. Yeah, but campy could still be like Lava Lantula or Sharknado and doesn't always have to be Plan 9 from Outer Space. You know what I mean? Yes, but <clears throat> if you're digging really on the Sharknado. if you're digging if you're digging on what happened, you're digging on Matt Hardy because he left WWE cuz they didn't let him what he wanted to do and AEW is letting him do what he wants. So I guarantee you that there were certain bullet points that were written by Jericho and Matt Hardy that were approved by Cody Rhodes and they went out there and did one of those they wanted good for them i didn't say that they didn't and i didn't say that i didn't mostly enjoy it i'm just obviously going to notice if i don't like certain things 
That's all. Shit. I, just because I enjoyed the overall thing doesn't mean I loved it blindly. And I'm going to just sit here and praise it because they're funny and they made me giggle. No, that's not how that works. <laughs> but uh, the, my thing is, man, you know, I, I like the less scripted promo aspects. and But the issue with the less scripted promo aspects is that for every Hulk Hogan or, you know, Randy Macho Man Sav- Savage or Rick Rude or Jake the Snake Roberts... Every now and again, you're going to get a uh, Dr. Schultz. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> something, uh, you know, some shit that it, it just don't hit. Like, it is what it is, you know? But I, I, I'll take that over the overly scripted lines. And not saying I understand why WWE overly scripts their lines because they're scared somebody's going to say some, some shit that's going to cost them some paper. I get that. But I, I prefer the spontaneous. And they're not going to all hit. But I prefer that method. That's all. You know, you you brought up the name Jake Roberts, CP. You know, we've, we've had him on before. Your thoughts on his involvement in Andrew in AEW right now? I, I think it gives it even more legitimacy, and I love the way they're using him. I love that Jake has a job because he's been wanting that, and, you know, his his comeback has been miraculous. I'm hoping that at some point in time he sits down and has a conversation with Dean Ambrose because my thing with Ambrose, you know, there's always been the comparisons between him and and Roddy Piper and him and Brian Pillman, and I understand those, but my doppelganger for Ambrose or Moxley was always Jake the Snake because I felt like behind his eyes and his delivery there was a darkness there that I really wished that he would kind of open up to and examine more because I think it's a it's very a very interesting path even back even down to the fact that Jake the Snake popularized the DDT and now Ambrose's finisher is the double R and DDT so I, I really hope that Jake spent some time with with uh, Mr. Moxley and pulls out because I, I always thought that ultimately his ultimate destiny as a wrestler was as a heel and I, I really hope that he spent some time with Jake and kind of maybe Jake can pull that darkness that's hiding behind those eyes out of him and he can truly be a big money player does that make sense at all I mean, kind of. I, I do like the fact that okay, he's with Lance Archer you, right now. Jack, I know what your kindness mean. I mean, Dean Ambrose never had darkness behind his eyes to me. He had dumbness behind his eyes to me because, like, he just doesn't you come off clever That's and deep. Fair, That's fine. I, it's funny you say that because the first thing that came to my mind, and I'm sorry, I'll show up for this, is that Jake is a lot smarter. <laughs> Yeah, that that's kind of where I, that's where I was thinking. I always agreed with Jake, the Roddy Pipe thing. Jake Jake may be smarter than everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's very cerebral, actually. motherfucker. That's that's very true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but I, I always liked the comparison with Piper because it's not like Piper was never a dumb guy. I mean, there were there were deep moments and promos, and even when he was doing Saturday Night with fucking Gorilla and Bobby Heenan for like a year or whatever. So he wasn't just all a joke guy. But the intensity and the just kind of the haphazard way he does things and the the devil may care kind of don't give a fuck attitude of I don't care if I go over. I don't care if I have a job after this. Fuck you. I'm doing it my way. That's more Piper than it is Jake. And that that's why I've always liked the Piper analysis with him. But when it comes to Jake, Jake with Lance Archer is awesome because 
Lance is a big, scary motherfucker, but he's never really been an eloquent talker. He's never been known to really put that together where he could talk a cerebral game and look like just this big, imposing mercenary motherfucker who'll just kill you if he seems fit or sees fit. So Jake being the brains behind the brawn is fucking fantastic. It's like Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster at the moment. And that one promo they had last week where he was just killing everybody that came in the ring from, you know, for any, anybody that showed up, he just beat the shit out of them. And then the guy, last guy ends up fucking claw slamming him on the car or whatever and threw him off. Like that's fantastic. That's just Jake and his monster. And, much like you said, with everything Jake's been through and the fact that he went through DDP yoga and kind of cleared himself of most of his demons, if not all of them, and he's kind of got back to being in shape and being healthy, and the E wouldn't really give him that one little Hall of Fame run that he kind of wanted, the the Legends run, whatever you want to call, and AEW's at least utilizing him in a decent fashion. I like it. It's nice to see Jake. It is, and you know, I understand their you know, because I understand what AEW is going is going for right now. They're kind of everybody's clicking up right now, so they're kind of trying to reignite the gang wars, and they're positioning Moxley as that lone wolf McQuaid type of character. So obviously, they're not going to put him with Jake. And I agree with you that Archer and Jake that makes perfect sense. But I, I, I just hope that somewhere, somehow, when we get to some back some type of semblance of normalcy. That Jake kind of pulls him to the side, pulls Mox to the side. I'm talking about, and you know, puts a little game in his ear, man, because I I think he could benefit from the wisdom of Jake, as could every other wrestler in that locker room. Uh, real quick, I want to get you guys' thoughts on Rey Mysterio and Dana Brooke. Allegedly, they're saying that they're quarantined. They, they for whatever reason, they're they're not coming out and saying that they have the Rona. And I'm not talking about WWE. I'm talking about like the the dirt sheets, you know, the the Meltzers and the Sean Ross Saps and the Kellers and all of that. Nobody's saying that they actually have the Rona. They're saying that they're being quarantined, which that doesn't make sense to me because what the fuck are they being quarantined for if they don't have the Rona? But what what are your thoughts on this situation? There's a possibility they could have traveled in locations where they're suggesting quarantine if you had visited there. Um, I don't know. I haven't read any of this, so. And I'm a dirt sheet slut. Um, is that a DSS? I'm a DSS. That works. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, Tony's point is really, really good. Of they could just be quarantined because of where they went. Maybe, maybe it's a fear thing. Maybe Ray doesn't want to put anybody in his family, you know, at harm. So he's quarantining himself. You don't know. Maybe he's interacting with his parents or. You know, his wife's parents and maybe same thing with Dana Brooke. Maybe he's got little nieces, nephews, something like that, that they they're around more often and they just don't want to put themselves at risk. So you you can't really bitch about that too much because there's plenty of people that have that whole, you know, I don't want to go out there and people are hunkering down. People are, you know, kind of doing business as usual. And sometimes it's quarantine because of the, the place. So. It could be a number of things. Or, yeah, you're right. Maybe they have the Rona. I don't know. And it's not really a huge, huge hit, honestly, because Rent Mania is going to be weird this year. Mysterio not being on it, it's not as big of a hit as it would have been if it was, like, actually in Tampa. Dana Brooke not being on it kind of just sucks for her because she would have gotten a check for being involved in the match. But 
come on, did you really think you were going to put Dana Brooke over Bailey or Sasha? But that's my point. Dana Brooke was involved and scheduled and announced for a WrestleMania match. Now, I get it. Card subject to change, brother. But this abrupt change, you know, a week and a half out, is some shit going on. But, okay, cool. Rey Mysterio, that's going to be a loss because Rey Mysterio is probably one of the few people on the roster that has actually wrestled in front of, like, six people or 12 people or something like that and knows how to wrestle in front of almost no crowd. So I think he would have been an asset because, you know, a lot of the wrestlers now, men and female, they come up under that or they, that WWE umbrella and they only know one way of working. Well, Ray's a guy that's been around the world. He's been doing this for damn near 30 years and has seen damn near everything. I feel as if having him on the card would be beneficial considering all the extenuating circumstances. Yeah, but the, you got to think a good portion of this card is still from the Indies or from Mexico or from Japan. And sure, we all know Nakamura from, you know, New Japan, but New Japan sucked about a decade ago. When did, New when Japan did Nakamura the get on the card? Whoa, whoa, whoa. When no, did no, no, Nakamura no, I'm get just, on the card? I'm just throwing that one out there because you never know what they might add. It's two fucking days. So oh. somebody might have a dirt match. No. And, you know, oh. Rhea Ripley probably wrestled yeah, in front of six people in Australia. He's just saying shit. No, he, no, no. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. Rhea Ripley probably wrestled in front of six people in Australia. That's not a huge scene. You know, <laughs> Mexico doesn't always draw a huge scene. You can't just say that Rey Mysterio is the only one to wrestle in front of nobody when you've got a bunch of other people that came up through the indies, including Seth Rollins and all of that, like, that have wrestled in, you know, ROH, which doesn't always draw exactly fantastically, and other... Seth Rollins was on WSX. You remember fucking World Society Wrestling X or whatever fuck it was called that was on MTV fucking like 13 years ago? I don't think that really drew a ton of people. That's why it ended after seven episodes. Well, I didn't say everybody. <laughs> I clearly didn't say everybody. Well, didn't, but it's not like but he's that valuable. He's not but that invaluable. He's the only one to understand the wrestle in front of like a small crowd thing. But there, you can't deny there's a lot of people on that card that all they know is the WWE system. I mean, it is what it is. A good you know? portion of them, yes. Yes. Like Ooh. the Roman Reigns, the Brock Lesnar's, the New Days, for the most part. Who else? The Miz's. That these are all people that are gonna be on the card theoretically. All the women, all the women. You say Rhea Ripley, but I mean I, Rhea Ripley's like seventeen no, years old, man. How much time I, does really get on the <laughs> Here's the here's the problem. Here's the problem. I'm, I'm not gonna argue that just because of what you said. That's fantastic. Here's the problem <laughs> though. Here's the problem though, they're not doing the battle royals. Can't do the better world study. I understand. So none of these people are going to be on the card. There's going to be way less people on the card. Yeah, which sucks for the wrestlers, man. Because, I mean, number one, the WrestleMania bump wasn't what it used to be anyway because they cannibalized the pay-per-view market. And now you you don't even have the live gate to, to count on. Like the live gate, the ticket sales, and the mm-hmm. merchandise sales, and this and that. So... Yeah, I can understand why the wrestlers are a little salty that they're going on with Mania. So this this, this is an interesting time to be a wrestling fan, man. And we don't have a whole lot of answers to anything. Not just in wrestling, just in life in general, man. We don't know what the hell is going on. 
at all. So doesn't that make it more appropriate that the first, what, Dark Side of the Ring for the second season was the Benoit story when people just don't have answers to things and it was just question marks everywhere? That's well played. Touche. I see your point. Did you see that? I did, man. I watched it. Uh, Amber and I watched it. It was um, it was a good episode. Like the Dark Side of the Rings, you always gotta. It's wrestling, and they have a lot of wrestling mm-hmm. personalities on there. And you know, wrestling personalities are always working regardless of the situation or circumstances. Correct. So you always have to take that into consideration, and you also have to always take into consideration when. You know, when there's these mainstream documentaries or, you know, whatever it is talking about wrestling, they're not talking to us, the diehard marks. They're talking, they're trying to draw a mainstream audience in. And it's all about trying to paint a picture and tell a story that's going to draw people in. And that's what I felt about this Benoit thing. I thought it was very excellently done. I thought last season was excellently done. But I also think, like, this was the best episode that they've done thus far. Like, they've learned after season one. Like, this was a really good episode. There were some question marks I had coming out of it, which I'm not going to get into, but overall, it was a good show. Personally, I'm looking forward to the new Jack show, because that Mellon Farmer is crazy as cat shit, and I want to see how they're going to play that one. No, I agree. The new Jack one is the one I'm most excited about, just because he's honest with his insanity, too. And most of the interviews I've seen him in with kayfabe commentaries or whatever, like, he'll just be straightforward about, yeah, I went through that, or I thought it'd be cool to jump off that, or I put a fucking bottle through motherfucker's head, or some shit like that. Like, it, it new Jacks are good stories, but... Yeah, he, was- he's uh, He'll come on there, yeah, that motherfucker was talking shit, so I stabbed him in the neck and tried yeah. to kill the motherfucker. Like, goddamn, Jack. You don't say that when so many people are listening. Don't put that on record. Stop. But no, the, the but, Benoit but one was being good. said, I Jack, it. I ain't talking shit about you, bro. I ain't got nothing but love for you. I don't want no problems. I don't want no issues. Bro, black, 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 black don't crap. Black brothers, we got to stick together. We got to stick together. <laughs> to stick together, Jack. Good cover. Good cover. Because hey, he, he's crazy. Okay. He would find you. He's like Liam Neeson, but crazy. <laughs> like, he doesn't even I'm know you. Man, I've got a, I've got a good hardcore Hubman New Jack story that I can't I can't tell on air. So oh, that's good. Yeah. But no, so overall, I agree with you. Even though the vice the vice documentaries always have a weird slant to them, I've noticed that they're definitely said they're kind of pitched from an angle, and it it's different from the stardom one they did last year and this one. It's just a little more, I guess obvious that there, there's a slant they're aiming for but it, it was well done i thought the first hour was a little better than the second hour because i just felt like that kind of went more in depth into the story and the relationship with eddie and chris and it kind of tugged at the heartstrings a little more and the rest just trying to tie up the situation that you know, eddie thing was weird to me because not weird because I understand you losing your best friend and that kind of taking you over the edge. But the way that they framed it, man, it, it had me asking a lot more questions than they had answers to. I don't know if they were trying to allude to something or maybe I read something that was there that wasn't wasn't there. You know what I mean? No, I get exactly what you mean. Yeah. And it's know. wrestling, so you don't. And I'm 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 tiptoeing around it because I'm not trying to cause any controversy. You know what I mean? Or anything like that. I'm not trying to insinuate anything, but it's wrestling, so you never know. And I don't know. And and they might have just been framing it that particular way because they were trying to humanize the subject. I don't know. 
but it left me with a lot of questions. Yeah, it was good though overall. I enjoyed it. Looking forward to the rest of the season. In in regards to him and Eddie's relationship, and I'm not going to get too in depth, but I'm just saying, you know, it had me thinking maybe they were on the Fandango side of the game. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. <sighs> I love how you brought that back. You haven't said that in a while. I haven't. Yeah. I felt like it was. It was. It worked. It was, I'm, it not, I'm not saying. I'm just saying, man. It's but it's wrestling, so you you know you can't totally rule it out. And again, maybe they were just doing that trying to create a storyline. But whatever. Well, if you're not saying that, how about you do start saying your plugs for your social media and anything else you feel like saying? Fair enough, man. You guys can find me at the Real C Plan on Twitter, but more importantly, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Show us some love, man. Everybody's dealing with this quarantine situation, man. Make sure we can quarantine some cash on that ass. Again, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. TheChairShot.com. Remember, we're just—we're not just a website. We're a movement, folks. Please and thank you, thank you, and please, Mr. Belaz, Where can they find you, sir? Find me on the the Twitter machine with the IWC War Chief and EW or E Wrestling News. Still, got to get used to saying the whole thing right instead of just the acronym because it's easier, so much easier to say EWN than E Wrestling News. But yeah, E Wrestling News with reviews and opinion articles and. Occasionally, I'll throw them on the chair shot, too, depending on if I remember or if Greg yells at me. So one or the other. But yeah, mostly sticking with the e wrestling news stuff and here. So, uh, Tani, Tani, do you have anything you want to plug? Well, shout out to, yeah. Shout out to e wrestling news, by the way. But go, go ahead, Tani. So tonight you can find me on the business end of White Claw, but usually on social media you can find me at PC Tani. You can also find me on at Podcast DWI. In addition, I've been a regular lately on at Bandwagon Nerds. So Good yeah, show. Head on I need over to the, check that out. Yeah, go show. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Just surviving. Just surviving, man. Anybody got any parting thoughts that they would like to share? Anything pithy? Uh, no. I, I'm waiting for the weather to warm up, and you know, we can start grilling again. Get outside and. Cooking some meat. Yeah, I don't have anything really pithy or pissy, so I'm, I'm good right now. Maybe next show I'll have something different. <sighs> Way to go out with a bang, gentlemen. Anywho, for Mr. Andrew <laughs> Belaz, for the Commissioner PC Tony, I'm the Reverend Christopher Platt. Thank you all for tuning in. We do appreciate it. Tune back in next week for our Mania preview. I believe it's about that time, fellas. Until then, shalom. Hit it, Carly.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.